And welcome back to another service here at the Altar of Noise. My name is Josh, and I'm joined as always by my fellow music believers, Simon. Simon, mate, how's it going? Yeah, going good. <laughs> you gronk. <laughs> oh, just just in the downtime here, we've been going over the shit town power rankings, and mm. we just love their consistent use of the word gronk yeah, to describe <laughs> describe human beings. Underrated word, definitely. You gronk. It's great. Not to mention that you know. The New England Patriots and uh, uh, now Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski is known as Gronk. Is he? And like all the Americans, <laughs> call, all the Americans call him Gronk. Gronk. <laughs> and there's just us, us Aussies gone. <laughs> Gronk. <laughs> what a Gronk. Uh, good um, work. Yeah. So what's been happening, mate? Uh, not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. Just sipping on some stout. Is it Cooper's stout? It is Cooper's stout. Good stout. Good stout. Good stout. Good stout. It was when I was over in uh, Melbourne and Geelong the other week, uh, went with my mum and some uh, family friends out for dinner. One of the things I they had available was Carlton Black, which is their dark ale, mm. and also Two Is Old, which is their dark ale. Yeah. And we give, you know, being – a bit of a craft beer snob at times. Mm. You know, you can give Carlton Draft and Tui's Extra Dry and all that stuff a bit of a, you know, bit of what for thing, a bit shithouse. Mm-hmm. Fuck the Coopers, uh, the, the Carlton Black and the Tui's Old. Bloody good beers. Are they? Yeah. I might have to try them. Yeah. I kind of try and stick away, stay away from anything Carlton, really. It's just a good, it's just a good honest dark ale. Mm-hmm. Like I gave, so one of the guys that was out to dinner, he pretty much he he'll smash through like a box of Coronas, and he doesn't really like anything crafty. Yeah, um, just likes nice flavored beer water. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And then he moved on to the Jamos and Dry later on. Yeah. But um, I said, do you, you? I said, Leon, do you want to try something that with taste? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, that's that's got a good coffee taste. I don't mind that. I wouldn't drink a whole bunch, but like, oh, I don't mind that. I'm like, good, good. You're learning. <laughs> yeah. You're evolving as a human being at the age of 60-odd, whatever you're old. Lovely. Yeah. So today, mm. today we're talking a bit about dangerous music. Mm. It's going to be a bit of a discussion. Um, talking, it, it kind of is a bit of a wide subject in which we're going over, but we're kind of going to look into what is dangerous, what is music that is dangerous, what, how, how do we perceive it to be that way? Mm-hmm. Um, potentially some bands or songs that have been labelled that labelled as that, and is it fair to label them as such? Um, so I guess I guess we have to kind of potentially define how we're interpreting what dangerous is because there's many layers to it. Mm. Um, I for one. Don't necessarily know if because it's hard to say whether or not music is actually dangerous. Because the easiest way to 
the easiest thing to say is, well, music itself isn't dangerous, mm-hmm. but how it's interpreted or obsessed over or used can be can be dangerous. Um, but then there are the people that would say, well, because it has a reaction, it is it, it can be perceived as dangerous. How how do you feel about it, Simon? Uh, well, this was a topic suggested to me by a good friend, um, and he didn't really define it either. Mm. But when he said it, I understood it, and when I told you, you understood it, and then we struggled to try and define it because, <laughs> like you said, <laughs> there's a few layers to it yeah. that you can look at it literally, as in, can music be harmful? You can look at it as uh, can an artist just physically be dangerous on stage and get away with it? Yeah. And then there's the the bands that, which is probably probably the one he was speaking of, considering the examples he gave, um, are bands that are labelled dangerous for either an abstract reason or... Um, More direct reason. Yeah, direct reason, whether it's something to do with religion or, yeah. uh, you know, wider political views or social views. Mm. Um, so I don't know. We, I haven't done too much research on it. I've looked at, into a couple of little things mm. in each... Layer, if you want to call them layers. Um, so I figured this would be a bit more of a. He just he just <laughs> blinded himself with his phone. <laughs> Excuse his. Uh, oh, with his mouse, he picked his. <laughs> that's even worse. He picked up his mouse and looked directly at the fucking red laser. It wasn't working. <laughs> well, it was fucking working on your forehead. Um, yeah, so I I um I kind of looked into a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know where you'd like to start, but I thought maybe we could start with uh, the literal sense. Yep. If music can literally be dangerous. Um, I found an article on CNN that um, music actually can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, research, I'm reading directly from the article, research suggests music can influence us a lot. It can impact illness, depression, spending, productivity, and our perception of the world. Um, Some research has also suggested it can increase aggressive thoughts or encourage crime. Now, you you quickly touched on... um, well, we've we've both touched yeah. on in previous episodes how music can change our moods. Yeah. So I'm kind of not surprised to to see that, to be honest with you. Um, but it, it it's kind of weird to read it out loud and to think that it can actually have that much of an influence to, you know, potentially move someone to commit crime. Yeah. I guess that falls into the uh, – I, I guess it potentially can fall into the category of interpreting music because whilst we may 
uh, feel the same. We might listen to the exact same song. It's certain certain lyrics or sounds within the song will allow us to perceive it all differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we could potentially go out. We might potentially listen to "Money" by mm-hmm. Pink Floyd. And you might interpret that as into well now I've got to go on a spending spree, mm-hmm. and so and I'm just really random example for this. Uh, whereas I might just go, oh yeah, it's just a groovy little tune. Mm. Um, but you are right in the fact that there have been, uh, unfortunately, there have been countless um, examples of people who have uh, taken music and like used it as like the stepping stone for them to potentially go on. Some unfortunate event uh, to some unfortunate event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you link back certain things like Columbine, where those mm. music where they were listening to certain artists and that's pushed them towards making mm-hmm. certain decisions. But again, they, you know, you, you also look at that and go, "Well, I've listened to the same songs and I've never thought about doing that." Mm. I think uh, I'll just quickly point this out. The um, the article, the research it was um, referencing was a UK study which explored how drill music, which is oh, yeah. a genre of rap, yeah, um, which is characterised by threatening lyrics, mm-hmm. um, might be linked to attention-seeking crime. Um, as I read that, I wonder how much of it has to do with the socio-economical area of the people who listen to drill. Yeah. And like a, if, it, if the, if, which we'll touch on later with uh, LA and the LA riots mm-hmm. and the music that was about in LA in gangster rap during that time. Yeah. It's, I think, yeah, I think that's right. So if like you look at, is a person in a particularly middle upper class area listening to drill more likely to potentially connect with it than someone say living in a lower socioeconomic area? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, not to say that it can't happen, but it's just less likely. Mm. And I think that also, again, yeah, to do with the surrounds. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just off a side note, have you ever listened to much drill? Uh. No. I've listened to a little bit. It's not bad. I've listened to a real little bit and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my thing, yeah. but I can see the appeal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another, going back onto Columbine, um, another one was uh, the Night Stalker. He's uh, Rodriguez, the serial killer in LA. Yeah. He... Um, I don't know if he called himself Hellraiser, but um, he wore an ACDC T-shirt and they have a song called Hellraiser, which had nothing to do with him. Um, But ACDC got linked with Mm -hmm. the crimes just by proxy, essentially. Um, Is music literally dangerous? Well. I think it can be, but I don't think the... Onus is on the artist. No, like I, uh, I don't think. I don't think you know if someone's using it potentially as like 
Yeah. It, 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 the art, of course, there are certain artists out there that are producing music and thinking, oh, yeah, I am want to portray this message of anger and violence mm. and they're going to resonate a bit more. But I don't think it's hard to paint them everything with broad strokes, but I don't think the majority of artists are thinking that. Mm. It's it's difficult because it, we've said how much music has changed our moods or mm. made us feel certain ways or influenced us politically even. Um so you can't deny that it does have an effect. Um, but I think in those extreme cases, there's also a lot more context around the individual. Yep. To harping back to another episode, to not not to separate the artist and the artist, but to yeah. separate the you know, the the, the real the real life to the to the art. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I I agree with that. It's it's a tricky one. Because mm. we don't want to we don't want to be sitting here blaming all the artists like like they used to do and still do to some extent. Well, um, yeah, they they definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um one of the other things I and just we're kind of just bouncing around all over the place here today with this discussion, but in kind of a similar line that music is dangerous in that it potentially it has the ability to like kind of like scare, shock, awaken or arouse or provoke things within you. Mm-hmm. And I think feel like that's the same. I've, I'll get I'll send this link to Simon and he can put it in the uh, in the podcast. But there's an amazing article I wrote that somebody that was talking to a classical musician um, about music being dangerous, and it was a really interesting read. But they have that same sense that you know. Music is dangerous because of what it can potentially awaken within within us, and it's not necessarily always going to be like a violent thing, but like it's a mood thing. It's like it's going to potentially get me thinking about things that I wasn't ready for, and that may trigger something in me. Um, it, it might provoke my thought process. Mm-hmm. You know, back in early days, they didn't want certain people listening to, well, you know, it's a, just a general example, but, the, you know, they didn't want women listening to, you know, certain upbeat music because it would give them the ability they could think freely and not just want to stay in their kitchens cooking all day for the men. Mm. So, you know, certain music was banned then. Um, you know, I think music has the ability to affect so many people in so different so many different ways it's hard to kind of it's hard to stop it from doing these things mm. but whether you label it dangerous or not is up to you yeah i mean just the fact that you could sit there listening to a song and halfway through it realize that you've been tapping your foot along the whole time yeah is proof that it has quite a strong influence on you. Yeah. Um, now, like you said, whether it has the ability to be it for to whether it has the ability to make you commit a crime, if we're talking danger in that sense, um, it, it's going to come down to the individual. Yeah. And 
the the environment they're in the yeah. it's going to come down to a lot of other things as well yeah but it definitely has some influence mm-hmm. in talking about music awakening something in within us uh that's generally how you get fans you know somebody has a connection to something and what is fans short for fanatical mm. um and i feel like that's potentially another point where music can be dangerous is the people that become fanatical over it. Yeah. Like we've just seen in the Euros, you know, really fanatical fan bases getting behind their sport. Yeah. Music has done the same thing in the past. Yeah. You have people that lose their minds when certain music musicians come into town. Mm-hmm. Certain, you know, we've seen instances of the past of certain styles of musicians, certain fan bases of certain genres I guess another genre, mm-hmm. and we've seen clashes at like big day outs and all that. Mm. Um, generally, it's just a few bad eggs, but people are fighting for their music. Mm. On that fan theory, you've also got all the artists who have been stalked, and yeah. you know, because they think that the artist is singing about them and directly to them. Yeah. And uh, the one that pops to mind is Lily Allen. I think she was asleep and she woke up to someone in her bedroom and it was just a fan. Yeah. And he, yeah, I think he attacked her and she fucking ran away with the kids. And so, you know, it can, it can have quite a strong hold on some people. But yeah. I think once again, it, it comes down to that individual and where they are mentally and where they are. Yeah. It's, it, 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 yeah. It's easy to, yeah, we don't want to just label it all as like people are just these fans just be, or these people that have these connections are generally all violent. No. But it's, it's, unfortunately, it's been sometimes proven that's the more likely scenario. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not just uh, fans as in becoming obsessed with the music, but the, uh, the fans, oh, sorry, it's not just that these fans become obsessed with the particular artists, but they sometimes become obsessed with the uh, ideologies that the artists will be singing about. Yeah. Um, like certain artists will be singing about, you know, you know, fuck the church, fuck the government, uh, you know, fuck authority, you know, all these sorts of things. And that's when, you know, you get those fans that are just like, yeah, I really believe it. And then they'll go on to do something stupid, like burn down a church. Yeah. Or potentially, you know, do something that's uh, along a political standpoint of, I don't know, attacking uh, a particular group of protesters because they believe that, well, this music has inspired me to be this way. But it's, uh, it, it, it's rough when they, it's rough when you start bringing like beliefs into the music. Mm hmm. Um, because that's a whole other thing. Yeah, the I think it, like you just mentioned, another layer of it is that kind of ideology. You know, left wing versus right wing, or uh, the, you God, know, God, overtly God versus the devil. Yeah, God versus the devil, if you want to say it that way. Yeah. Um, that's probably another layer of what I was looking at when it came to dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know, you can talk about Rage Against the Machine, NWA, 
when it comes to the political stuff, but the the God versus the devil stuff <laughs> sometimes can be hilarious or the yeah. left wing versus the right wing. Yeah. Because they're usually the same argument, the left and right and the God versus devil. It's usually religious right wingers. <laughs> so um, yeah. I think a good example and a good modern example of that is WAP. <laughs> yeah. to, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, it's two girls just being owning their sexuality. That's yeah. all it is. And you know what? I've come around to it. It's not a bad song. It's <laughs> perfectly fine song. It's modern. I already said that because I sung it at karaoke. Going away thing. <laughs> you, you sung it at karaoke. Well, me, but, me, me and like three other people, but it was really great. Anyway. But, um, yeah, and you know that that song was, you know, parent groups and the religious right wing. Ben Shapiro losing his mind over it. They all got, they all threw their arms up in the air, and you know the world's yeah. burning down. Yet you've got genuine singing pony back in fucking nineteen ninety whatever about fucking riding his pony. Yeah, like fuck, it's the same thing. It's just a different. Different sex singing it, yeah. like you know. So that, that's more the left wing, right wing. Yeah. I mean, you can throw your Mansons in there. You can throw yeah. that in there. Some of those other heavier, darker acts in there. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason that we some people perceive it as dangerous is because they don't know it, mm. and that's always you're always scared of what you don't know. Yeah, and um, not to say that the right wing is scared of a wet ass pussy, but <laughs> they they don't. Uh, I don't think they were particularly. They didn't know it, or they weren't comfortable with it, mm. and to them that made it dangerous because it's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. Mm. So, and that's like many artists throughout history have produced this music, and people have had that reaction, like, well, I don't understand it, I don't like it, so it must be dangerous. Yeah. If we go over to the political side, NWA were the self-proclaimed world's most dangerous band and they kind of, they did live up to it. Um, <clears throat> if you look back in the 80s in South Central LA, it was rife with overcrowding poverty due largely to discriminatory real estate policies made back in World War II. Uh, they were also in recession, which led to higher unemployment, um and the crack epidemic was happening and you had the brutal police force that was trying to crack down on that. So that was that was the environment that NWA released their self titled into, which is um straight out of Compton. Most that, people call it that. Was that around the time of Rodney King? It was four years before Rodney okay. King. Yeah. But it was I'm trying to get my time frames in my yeah. head. So it was in the lead up to that. Yeah. So this, uh, the self-titled came out in 88, which ended up being a bit of a crossover success, which freaked out everyone, freaked out like all the conservative politicians, yeah. all the religious sector, purely because it opened white America's eyes to what it was like to live as a young black American. Um, you know, the way NWA, that was quite plainly wrapped. Yeah. And it had this, you know, these hard music instrumentations behind it. Um, but 
the most offending song was Fuck the Police, which <laughs> told the story of police brutality towards black Americans and the fantasy of, you know, finally getting retribution. Uh, a song made such big waves it made its hands into the FBI who took steps of he took the step of writing to their label to get them to withdraw the song uh, police were showing up at all their shows in full force and venues were even trying to get them not to play the song out of fear they'd be arrested or closed down yeah uh, one famous incident happened in Detroit Ice Cube started the song police rushed the stage and and WA all <laughs> escaped before the cops got to the stage um, it was also one of the first albums to get the black parental advisory sticker yeah. as well because that was all coming in through the um, that parent group which D. Snyder had the <laughs> the thing. So that yep. was um, Al Gore's wife was the head of that. She was pushing to get all this music um, out of the hands of young children because it was dangerous. Um and as you just mentioned before, the Rodney King riots happened only four years later. Yeah. And music had a big part to play in that. You had um, Body Counts, Cop Killer, which came out I think the year before. No, it was written. It was written before. No, it was written after Rodney King had died, had, well, was murdered. But before the cop went to jail, it was released. Yeah. And so it like named names and it named Rodney King. And, you know, they, they were considered a dangerous band as well because of it. They were accused of inciting racial tensions. And to prove a point that they weren't trying to make money, they gave the song away for free because they just wanted to hit home the point that their lives, you know, the way they have to live their lives is completely different to how a, might, a white American has to live yeah. their life. Um, I wonder if there'll be anything. Yeah, I'm surprised. Well, there probably is, but I just haven't heard it. But there's nothing about you know the George Floyd. Well, Zeal and Ardor had their EP, which was all about that, which had um, the audio, some of the audio. Yeah, I, I, I dare say it was the I can't breathe. I can't really remember. Yeah, um, run the did run the jewels had a bit, didn't they? Didn't they have a song or two? Not that I can remember. They were just prevalent around the place after the fact. Because they, they, they gave, they released, they brought forward the release of their album. Yeah, RTJ4. Yeah, because of it. Yeah. So but they, I don't think anything was changed no, before it. Just, yeah, it was probably written and recorded yeah. before it and they were already commenting yeah. on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, and that, that album is a good example of kind of like a bit more modern stuff where they talk about, you know, what it's like to live with, uh, you know, modern society as an African-American. Um, uh, and then also talking, they also talk a bit, not just about like the social issues like with the police, but they also talk, one of their songs, um, I think it's Just, they talk about uh, essentially being a slave to the dollar. Mm. Um, and you trying to just please the master of actually paying for things, yeah. wasting all your money to become, you know, a certain way thanks to thanks to money. But, yeah, mm. I'm surprised that, yeah, but I'm sure there'll be more things that will come out of that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, off the top of my head, I know Zeal and Ardor because it was, it was a really good EP. Um, yep. Yeah, the whole EP was, was you know, based on on the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I guess or this is a bit for us is music can also potentially be a bit dangerous in that it has the ability to kind of change our perceptions on things, mm. which I guess comes from these most recent Black Lives Matter things where, you know, we, we've said in the past we have no idea what it's like to be a young black kid living anywhere. No. Um, and we may have a certain notion of it, but we um, – and, and until we – but we've uh, – Music is a good way of getting across that message of explaining what a situation's like. And when you're challenged on what you originally believe, um, that can be quite dangerous. Yeah. Because your instinct is generally to fight it because mm-hmm. you've been so steadfast in certain in a certain life for so long, certain belief system. Yeah. And then you're being told, all right, no. Let me explain to you why. It's another way you kind of sometimes you can really dig your heels in on that. Yeah, I was uh, raised a Catholic, and listening to the kind of music I listen to, <laughs> uh, there's not <laughs> there's not a lot of uh, love for religion happening. No. Um, the, I was young when I got into metal. And so I'd never really realized what they were talking about. And then when I did start to realize about it, I was kind of, uh, well, I was losing my faith. I, you know, mm. I was like, I don't think I believe in God. You were REMing. Yeah, I was REMing. And, um, losing your religion. <laughs> um, yeah, listening to all these artists, um, you know, I know a perfect circle was a big influence. Back then, um, songs like Judas, mm-hmm. um, you're kind of like, okay, maybe maybe there's something else to this. And yeah. it definitely, although, like I said, I was already leaning that way, it does have an influence in, you know, making you see things differently. Um, I'm sure there are, and I'm sure there's, Examples of it where people have gone the other way, where they have been so far in a certain light, you know, towards maybe potentially the atheism side, and then coming into whatever some moment has shocked them, and then they've listened to a type of music, say POD, mm. best example off the top of my head, and that's kind of brought them into, you know, the light of Christ or however you want to phrase it. Mm. I mean, it doesn't happen to us, but like I could, defi- I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. I suppose because, again, you know, if the, if the music is done well, I can see, I could totally see it potentially changing someone's mind in that regard. Yeah. I think it's, you know, because there's, there's a difference between music, music being done well to persuade someone and music just being noise. Mm-hmm. And not having a meaning behind it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, but there are talking again about like the 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 devil and all that. I mean, you look at bands throughout history that have had to encounter that, like Black Sabbath. Yeah, is a big one. Black Sabbath. But even bands like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Again, again, it's every it's a it's a different generations where different things are happening in society that changes people's perceptions and uh, beliefs on what they currently think. And then a band will come along and be like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but fuck it, they sound cool. Yeah. I can start to get into it now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Alice Cooper copped flack. I mean, we've mentioned (laughs) Dee Snyder, so Twisted Sister. There was that parental... Families of America, or I can't even remember what it was called, but the group that was, you know, going after D. Snyder and bands like that, um, they called it Porn Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible name, but they called it Porn Rock. Um, I mean, yeah, there's probably like even the Doors. Yeah, you know, during that whole hippie. Era yeah. as well. They were all seen as probably devil worshippers. Yeah. They were seen as and you know the oversexualization of things. Yeah, like, having sexual freedom and yeah, you know it's all of that would have been considered dangerous by back then a large portion of the population. Yeah, and I agree. Would you say that there is no inherently evil genres of music out there? Oh. Yeah, I would. I'd say that there is. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a genre. I'd say that there's bands pushing evil messages Mm -hmm. because you'd have – well, there is – Nazi worshipping bands who sing about white supremacy. A, that's dangerous. <laughs> B, that's evil. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily call it like that's. I would say that's like. I wouldn't say a genre though. Like no, I wouldn't I, say I, that, metal that, is that, evil. That, yeah, that's that would be be like a sub genre. Yeah, it's like a very niche. Yeah. Product over there for a certain clientele. Yeah. But I I don't say inherently that genres of music are evil. No, I even you know even and like these are the two most common ones. But rap and metal mm. in their stock standard life aren't, aren't inherently evil. No, they're not. They're not at all. That's not to say that there isn't some evil bands and rappers mm. within them. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> There's been a long history of fucked up rock stars and fucked up rappers, but the genre themselves aren't evil. No, like Led Zeppelin's were singing about goblins, <laughs> like you know, fucking <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of it is storytelling, and a lot of it is a cathartic way for those people to get emotions out. Yeah. 
no, no, I, I, I certainly agree on that one. Um, and I think that goes back to something we did the other week where I was talking about the who, what, when, and why's. And I was, I was like, why does music constantly, certain genres get a bad rap for, for their, for who they are? But I guess, yeah, again, potentially a lot of this comes down to just understanding mm. what you're listening to. Um, well, I think the two genres we've mentioned are, are easy targets. Hmm. Metal's easy because it's loud, it's abrasive, uh, the aesthetic and lyrical content can sometimes be horror-filled. They can sometimes be quite brash. Most of the people are dressed in black. Yeah, it's it's easy to go... Fucking murder dolls are clearly an evil band. Clearly. Clearly. Um, but they're just horror film buffs. Like they yeah. just love horror film. And rap's an easy target for a lot of the same reasons, but I also think there's a big racial undertone under that as yeah. well. Um, because before going back many years, blues and jazz was the devil's music. Oh, absolutely. And that was an African-American, you know, musical genre. So, you know, it's, yeah. I, don't, I don't think B.B. King's evil. No. I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of biting my lip here because I'm not sure. <laughs> but <laughs> I dare say he's not. No, I, I think, yeah. But, but it, I, th- I think... I think it's easy. It's easy, like you said, it, it comes down to understanding and it's easier for them to go, I don't understand it. These are my beliefs. That doesn't line up with that. It's evil. It's dangerous. This can, you know, this can change the world. And it's easy to try and ban something and whack a black and white parental advisory sticker on it in the hopes that, <laughs> Something will change in your favor. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Um, Can you think of a song that has actually changed something? Whether it be politically, socially. It, it, it's like personally or is it just in general? No, just in general that you've seen. And if... Mm. Good, I mean, if it, if it's that's a good question. I mean, because personally, I think the answer would be yes for nearly everyone. But yes. I think wider society, I think it's hard. I like because that's what it comes down to. If the music's really dangerous, then we should have seen change in something. Hmm. Shouldn't we? Yeah. Just trying to think of like some of the biggest songs of our lifetime and where they what what and like the reaction around them. Because um, there's always a reaction around it. Like one one of my favorite ones, which has come out recently, which I just out of nowhere happened to catch it, mm-hmm. is a song called "Black" by an artist called Dave, a British artist. And I managed, I don't know why, but I the video popped up on YouTube of him performing the song Black live at the Brit Awards in 2020. And it's about 
living as a black British person in Britain and, mm. you know, all that that comes about. That. And that, uh, I mean, I already knew that, like, I knew that it was difficult. I knew that there's obviously, not just in Britain, but I know that, you know, there's those uh, difficulties happening. Yeah. But to see him perform it, it completely moved me and made me want to look into, like, what the fuck's going on over there. Yeah. Um. Did the song change anything in England? Probably not, but there was a big controversy around it. Yeah. A lot of people complained about the song and that it was too much in your face and too <laughs> on the nose. It's just a fucking ridiculous critique. But, you know, if you're thinking... I'm trying to think of, like, songs that historically have... Like, you think of... Some massive protest songs. Yeah, like you think of... Like you think of like Imagine by John Lennon. Yeah, I was thinking of McCartney, um, Give Peace a Chance. Yep, you've got um, The Revolution Will Be Telefies by uh, you, Aaron Scott. Yeah. you got... I don't know if there's ever been a song that's completely... Oh, actually... Black and White by Michael Jackson. Seeing that. Because we still have, like, we've got Black Lives yeah, Matter. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything that's ever going to really definitively, because we're still dealing with racism, they're still dealing with these social issues. I don't think there's ever, I don't think it's, I'm not saying this is what you're saying, but, like, I don't think anything is ever going to be fixed by a song. Yeah, I agree. Um, however, I I think there are certain songs that will shine a bit more of a light on it to get the get people's perception to potentially change. Yeah, I think Black and White did that a little bit. I mean, and see, it helped that Michael Jackson was one of the giant, most ginormous stars of all time. Mm. I mean, I'll play devil's advocate. Not that I agree with this, but you look at uh, the you look at Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. which is a left wing ideological band only in the last couple of years did heaps of people realize that they were left wing. Yeah. So they've lost fans. Like to me that kind of disproves the point that music can be that influential. Yeah. Because yeah, to to me in my mind Music obviously can influence you, okay, yeah, but it can't change the world. No, and like, there's a good chance that when, once people realise something about your band, they're going to turn you off. And if you hold such strong views in something, the music's not going to change you. No. So it's it's hard. If if <laughs> if, 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 if we could if we. I mean, potentially the world would be better if we could change it with music. But you'd just see a lot more right wing bands. <laughs> yeah. Openly right wing probably yeah. is a better way to say it because 
trapped have apparently come out as fucking nutcases. Oh, well, you know, who cares? Trapped. Yeah, it, I mean, it is It is a case of just like a, if you make bands a bit more transparent about what they are, maybe. Mm. But then, that, then, then sometimes the best music, okay, I would say 70% of the best music out there is completely non-political and non, like, laced with certain ideologies. Mm. You know, obviously there's some really good stuff out there with this, all that sort of stuff. But, like, so sometimes it's always best when the ideologies are out of the music and it's just a bit more emotive. Mm. Mm. I reckon the artist themselves has more influence than the song. Is that because artists are more accessible these days? Yeah, and I think because a song can be interpreted many different ways while an artist standing up for something they believe in is really black and white and is potentially more powerful. Yeah. Having, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, like, you know, say having Lil Nas X kiss his background, background, his backup dancer, is more of a statement than him singing about an old town road. Yeah, yeah, it's a much bigger statement, and it has a much more Im- impact. As a yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But um, what's what's Rage Against the Machine? If you take away everything they've done off stage, walking on stage in Guantanamo Bay outfits and just standing there in silence, shutting down the New York Stock Exchange for a film clip, uh, you know, (laughs) police starting a riot at there, them playing outside the Democratic Convention in 2000, (laughs) uh, them protesting at the MTV Awards when Limp Biscuit won an award. Like what's? Hey, there's a right wing band. <laughs> I, I don't think there are any wing band. Um, okay, I mean, he's got a red hat. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's hard. I it's it's hard because we then we go kind of like, and that's one of the things with this dangerous music is like you start potentially moving into the world of politics a fair bit more. Uh, or and the ideologies, and that's where you start to get a whole heap of grey issues. And it's it'd be nice if there wasn't as as such. Um, but but that's where power lays. Yeah, and that's why it's probably the the most the the reason why we've spoken about political yeah. aspects more than literal. I mean, the one we haven't talked about talking about, talked about, is um, bands that are just dangerous to watch. Yeah. you got the likes of Dillinger Escape Plan, you know. Ramstein. Ramstein, Gigi Allen. Used to eat his own shit on stage and start fights and then he was just a fuck up. Um, Iggy Pop. Yeah. Iggy Pop. Um, You know. Back to old school Manson ripping up Bibles. You got what about Andrew WK. 
It's just a party animal. <laughs> but isn't he known to beat the shit out of himself? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I just know he's a party animal. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the you know you you, you can go to um. You can go to a Dillinger show and and end up covered in one of the band members' blood. Mm. Uh, I'd highly recommend people go watch the Golden God Awards ceremony where Dillinger play at. Can't remember what year it is, but um, yeah, you see Greg Ricciardo covered in blood for both songs because he splits his head open, and then you see fire breathing, and <laughs> you see them climbing the venue, and oh, great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, good old Dillinger. Mm. I feel like that's a good point to end on is good old Dillinger. Good old Dillinger. Watch that one and watch at the drive-in perform on Jules Holland. And then you've got two two really dangerous bands. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that was a bit of a, bit of a chat about it all really. Mm. Yeah. Obviously we would love to know what you think about, you know, how you feel about dangerous music, any artists that we may have missed that you think, you know, potentially uh, have had that, I guess, label placed upon them. Mm. Um, and uh, to do that, you can contact us at facebook.com slash altar of noise. Uh, you can check out Simon's band at facebook.com slash the unset. And you can check me for some reason playing World of Warcraft again. At twitch.tv slash maddogwilesy. It's like a drug I can't stop. I'm back in. It's it's like literally crack cocaine again. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, guess what? We've got our one year anniversary next week. Holy fuck, we've been doing this for a year. A year. Give it give or take a few weeks. But we've been doing this for a year now. A year. So we're gonna be back next week with party hats. Party hats. Streamers. Um poppers. I'm not gonna be wearing pants. Um, I won't be wearing T-shirts. Yeah, it's just going to be skins, baby. <laughs> skins versus shirts. Yeah. Uh, trousers versus no trousers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as always, stay safe, everyone, and we will see you next week for the celebration. Bye.